Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ. In our series, Identity Theft, we'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Identity Matters Podcast. We are starting a brand new mini-series. It's called, Oh My God, My Child is a Millennialist. This is going to be a very theological-based series. We're going to have a writing project, hopefully, that will come from this particular series. And we will kind of keep, keep you updated as we go through Uh, the preparation of this written project, but you have the privilege of getting the audio version ahead of time, and you can download the PDF that has the slides that we're actually going to be teaching from. If you're on your sermon.net site, all you have to do is tap on that PDF and it will open up for you. I have to encourage some people, there have been some complaints of people tapping on the PDF and they cannot get it downloaded on their phone. That's because you have not downloaded an app like Adobe Reader onto your smartphone, and you will probably need to do that if you want to get in the habit of downloading PDF files in the future. So we are going to dig in and talk about cross-cultural problems that we have today with children and how they are or are not relating to their parents. We have to remember, we are not dealing with Generation Z. That's the next series. We are actually dealing with the parents who have discovered, because they've decided to get edumacated, they've decided to find out what millennials really all are about, and they have discovered that their child which can be anywhere between 13 years of age all the way into the early 40s. And they've discovered that their their child or children are functioning as millennials. Well, there's a lot of details that come with why that is going to be or already is a serious challenge. Before we get into that, I always like to give my foundational doctrinal statement that really applies to any audio teaching. It applies to anything that we write. Any form of ministry that we produce in Christ Jesus is based on this theological statement. So my primary objective is to equip individuals through the believer's identity in Christ all based on the message of identification with Christ in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. I want to give you a little secret about the human mind. 
If you look around right now, wherever you're at, if you're in your car listening to the podcast, start looking at the billboards. If you're walking through a grocery store with your earbuds on, just start looking at the clothing and the pictures of the models. Here's what you're going to discover. Every human being has to steal someone else's identity in order to feel safe and significant. Every human. There is no human that has their own identity. It is impossible. Point number two I want you to remember. Jesus Christ himself had no ability to have his own identity. Had no ability. He was born a human. He emptied himself out of functioning as God. He had to go through all of the dark caves. He had to be tempted in all things. He had to discover his own identity. Humans steal identity from others. So when you see quote-unquote teenagers walking around, and they are able to be labeled. Maybe you could look at one and label them a hipster. Or maybe you can look at one of the older people and call them, boy, they are a typical ex or a baby boomer. Or they dress like Hollywood. See, fashions are always formed on either a marketing group deciding that someone's hair is kind of cool and funky and they start putting that on their models and they start snapping pictures and put them in magazines and put them on television commercials and pretty soon your son wants that same kind of haircut or wants that same kind of shirt or that same kind of tennis shoe. And that's what's happening is that there is a confession going on in the world that children are desperately seeking someone else's identity. The coolest person you possibly can think of that appears to be so self-sufficient in their own identity is lying to you. They have no identity of their own. They have borrowed it from someone and they have decided that that is how they want to look, that's how they want to sound, it's how they want to act, and they become fairly safe within that identity. And then when someone comes along and says, oh, you're one of those hipsters, the strange group, you don't know what you believe, you've got a shirt from your grandpa and a cap from your grandma and you've got shoes that came from the 40s and you have no idea who you are and they're going to respond to you as if you are the idiot. Because it is pulled together by that human mind and it has formed one single identity. Then these individuals find other individuals to hang out with so that when they see each other and go shopping in the mall together, they both look like hipsters. 
whatever that looks like. And so you have two or more gathered in their name, and there seems to be a movement of fashion. There are some older people listening that have adopted some of the fashions that come with these subculture groups. You just don't take it as far as they do. Your identity is formed by you stealing the identity of other individuals. Now, Jesus himself did not have his own identity. And if anyone ever tries to convince you of this, they are lying to you. Jesus' identity came from his father. When Jesus said, for what you hear me saying, it is not I who is saying it, but it is my father. You see, identity for Jesus was when he was doing something, taking action upon what he just said. If you see me doing anything, it is not I who is doing it, but it is my father. You see, Jesus understood the premise of Hebrew custom and culture of identity. Your identity comes from your father. Now, if Satan wanted to twist that up and totally rearrange it in life, all he would have to do is bastardize the children, like in Jack's story, where the father just vacates his role as a father and the responsibilities that were supposed to come with being a father from Hebrew customs. That's why with our study, we are actually going to start by going back to the pictorial Hebrew of father. Father is the image bearer. Do you understand that? You see, there was something that was said to us very early on about Adam and Eve, and they were created in the image of what? The image of the us. The Holy Spirit is literally manifesting the identity of Jesus Christ. From the beginning, it was, it was designed this way. Jesus was to represent the identity of the Father. What comes with Hebrew in identity is imagery. You see, Satan is the father of graven, which means from the grave, dead, graven imagery. Identity comes from imagery. That's why it works with your bright green tennis shoes. Identity comes with imagery. Pictures on the walls of the cave. Things written out in notes. So being created in the image of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is what formed the identity. If the Holy Spirit said, okay, excuse me, Jesus, I know you're like the Son of God and all, but I'm going to take my own creative ideas with you being the Son of God, and I'm going to form my own worldview about you and the Father. 
Now, that would be a problem. So if the Holy Spirit shifted 0.05 degrees from being 100% obedient in carrying out the identity of Jesus, we would have a global eternal crisis instantly. The entire domain of heaven would implode if the Holy Spirit deviated from 100% obedience to Jesus Christ. Very few pastors preach on. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring to remembrance the words of Jesus. That's it. Now, here we have a requirement in order for that to work. The Holy Spirit would have to be of the mindset that my words don't matter, only the words of Jesus. Because God the Father is is an individual within the Trinity, God the Son is an individual within the Trinity, and God the Holy Spirit is an individual within the Trinity. Each have the ability to do what Satan did. You see, what Satan did is he deviated from 100% obedience to literally manifest the commands given to him by the Trinity. He deviated just a little bit. It created an implosion in heaven. There actually was a crisis in heaven. When Lucifer decided to rise up against the knowledge and power of God and assume he had his own mind, assume that he can have his own identity. With identity, we have power. Once you have captivated your identity, whether you are of some subculture group who hangs out with your own race or hangs out with your own religious group or hangs out with whoever, that's where you get power, is in two or more gathered together. Jesus himself knows this is true because it came from him. The whole idea of two or more gathered in my name is saying it this way. When two or more are gathered in my identity, I shall be there with them. Identity is what activates power. Power is what activates control. Now we have to talk about exactly who is supposed to be in control. So in heaven, we did have one of the triunits of the archangels decide to deviate whatever percentage it started out with, and it ended in an implosion. And God the Father had to make a decision, and basically, Lucifer's actions were confessing, I want nothing to do with your identity. You may have this son who is saying, all of my words are not my words, but they're the words of my Father. All of my thoughts are not my thoughts, they're the thoughts of the Father. All of my ways are not my ways, they're the ways of the Father. But I'm not going to do that. This is ridiculous. We can have our own walk, we can have our own way, we can have our own thoughts. We can have our own philosophies. We can have our own religions. We can have whatever. 
You know, God looked at that and it was like, I'm not even going to give you 40 hours of discipleship. Get out. There was no discussions. Once a human or a spirit being makes a decision to detach from the identity of God, they're removed. And listeners, that's why people go to hell. I cannot put it any simpler. It's why people go to hell. They deviate a tiny percent of detaching from the identity of God the Father. If Jesus would have deviated, we would have had a serious problem. Would have been over a long time ago. But see, he made it through the dark cave. While he experienced all the darkness, he went to the lower parts and paid the price and came out victoriously, more than a conqueror. Why? I'll tell you why. I'm going to give you Jesus' secret. And it is so simple, but yet so burdensome that it probably is either going to wash over your mind and you'll never think about it again, or to be a very long time before you think about it again, because your independent spirit cannot capture what I am about to say. If there is any independence in you that thinks that you can walk your walk alone, in your own philosophies or religious views or worldviews, You are guilty of this. What Jesus' secret was, mystery of the Spirit was, was really simple. Nothing mattered but the Father. What did my Father say? What did my, does my Father believe? What does my Father want? What does, you see, when Jesus was approached to move his power and ministry over to helping Lazarus. He says to this messenger, for I am about my father's business. He wasn't about his own business. He was about his father's business. Now all we have to do, these are just solid, simple theological statements I'm making. Some don't take the time to break it down like this, but there's thousands, if not millions, of teachers and preachers, men and women alike, that do take the time to piece it down. Was Jesus a puppet? Because that's what it sounds like to me. Nothing I say is my own words. The thing that Jesus held on to was that I have a choice between my thoughts and the Father's thoughts. That's it. And when you're in your deepest, darkest moments, that's your choice. I either can have the thoughts of Christ in me, or I'm going to have my own thoughts. If you choose your own thoughts, independence manifests itself. And after independence manifests itself, there's a downward spiral. And that's why we put that diagram up there a couple weeks ago. Soon as you make the decision to detach 
from the source of identity, the Father is obligated to send you into a downward spiral. He'll send you into the dark cave. Because he knows what the dark cave shall do. I always love it when I hear people who have think that this is their view of Jesus or this is their view of the church or this is their view of, of culture or this is whatever. I just cringe inside because I know what's next. There's an activity that just pours out of God that sends this person into this downward spiral and things start going out of control because control is the result of power and that person is saying I have my own power to do this and you are tampering with the possibility of losing your salvation I am a firm believer that salvation is permanent I'm a firm believer that salvation is something that cannot be taken from you by any forces that are in the world or under the world. But I am not going to be so arrogant to say that the verses, like in Revelation, says if anyone adds to this book or deletes from this book, the Father will delete you from the book of life. The book of life is the registry, the hotel registry of every person who inherited the life of Jesus Christ. Now, if there are certain people that, that simply cannot accept that and embrace that, they're going to have to explain some of these passages. I get it why there are certain denominations out there that preach you can lose your salvation because of these verses. So I'm a once saved, always saved, unless God the Father makes a decision otherwise. And I do believe that true indwell believers can make a decision to detach themselves from the identity of the Father, and God himself will tolerate that for a very long time, he will work with you. He will move in that downward spiral to bring you back to be awakened by the Holy Spirit and get back on target. But I'm afraid to say there are some that forsake God and never return to him again. Because of bitterness, because of anger, because of whatever the case may be. This is our generation, mommy. Daddy, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, listen very carefully. This is the generation that we are talking about. They have collected themselves to wear the same clothing, to literally work the same cultural belief system into their mortal fibers, and they are functioning together as what we would classify as researchers or sociologists we would classify that basically as a gang. It's like white power. It's like black power. It's like, and the list goes on and on. This entire generation has worked itself together to become this gang. And you mommies and daddies and spiritual mommies and daddies are waking up going, we have a problem here. Oh my God. God. 
My child is a millennialist. They think like this guy's talking. Well, this is not news, I'm telling you. Solomon told us this many, many, many generations ago that there is nothing new under the sun, which means that Satan has taken the foundational doctrines I have shared with you tonight, and he's come up with counter cross-cultural identity markers that has pulled the people away because of what happened to him when God said, out. See, after Adam and Eve were done with their whole little routine, God said the exact same thing to Adam and Eve. Get out of the garden. Out. And then there was this downward spiral that took place with Adam and Eve. And most people who are Bible readers understand that was the darkest time that the earth has ever experienced to this day. The depravity of man and the demonic activity that was going on from started with Cain murdering his brother all the way to them laughing as a society, as a culture, as a group that unified the entire existence of mankind at the time, standing back, watching this man build a boat, laughing at him, and he was the only one to get on the boat with his three sons. That's three sons which will soon represent the three primary cultures of the world. Shem would represent the Hebrew people. Japheth would represent the Europeans. And Ham would represent what we now understand today is the Muslim population. The two brothers fighting against each other. It didn't start with Ishmael and Isaac. It started with Shem and Ham. Because Japheth was the middle brother and he decided, I'm, I'm hanging out with Shem. This, I think this is a safe place. And God did say, you shall receive the blessing from Shem because of hanging with him and his people. Those are the Gentiles. That's me. This white boy up here preaching a very Hebrew message of Shem. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.